Blog Talk Radio.
and all who were thirsty and all who are weak come to the fountain and if you are
your voice and ask for his presence.
cries out too deep. We want nothing else. As deep cries out too deep. Sing, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, come. You're all that we want. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And you're all that we need. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We don't want to go without your presence, oh God. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Just come.
put their fingers in their ears singing da da I don't want to hear the sound of the coming king. But he said, he said, well, I have held my peace for a long, 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 long time. And in my silence, you thought that I was all together like you. And in your heart. Glory. 
um, just like in the book of John where it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Sort of the same thing. And so if you are in Colossians, Colossians is one of those awesome books, one of my favorites, that starts in, has a couple things it says in there, which um, really make you stop and just meditate on His Word and meditate on who Jesus actually is. And we all think we know who he is. He's, I mean, it's easy. You can ask anybody who Jesus was and, or who Jesus is, and they'll say he's the Son of God. If they know him, if they don't know him, they'll say he's this or he's that. Sort of like um, when Jesus says the disciples, well, who do men say that I am? And men always have their opinions of who God is and who Jesus is. And he said, well, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't, didn't reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And the Holy Spirit will always reveal the Son, no matter what, at all times, in all seasons. Um, through all the workings of the Holy Spirit, he'll never glorify himself, but he'll always glorify Jesus, much the same way our lives here on this earth as the church of the living God, as the body of Christ, as ambassadors of the kingdom of God and to this earth, our lives should not glorify ourselves, shouldn't glorify our church, our ministries, our lives, should, and not only our lives, but our speech, our actions, everything about us should glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything should point to him, which is why the scripture, from start to finish, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, always glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, um, I'm going to begin on this, we're going to get back into worship, but I just want you to listen what the Holy Spirit is saying about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to skip the first couple um, verses, and I'm going to go to verse 9 of Colossians. And Paul said, for this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Wouldn't it be great if we as a church could come up with that mindset? to have that kind of commitment to the Word of God, to the move of the Kingdom of God, to have people in our heart that we don't cease to pray for. And he says, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and the light. He has, this is one of those verses you need to like highlight, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And here it goes. It says, He is the image of the invisible God. Much like the disciples and the Pharisees, and everybody would come up to Jesus and they'd say, Show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus would reply. And he would say, How long have I been with you? And you say, Show me the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. All creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven, 
and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. You know, that's a powerful statement. Number one, because it declares that Jesus wasn't just the Son of God who came to earth to die for the sins of the world. If that was enough, it would be enough to bow and to give him praise, glory, and honor. But not only that, but it says that all things, everything, the earth, the sun, the moon, the planets, the galaxies, the universe itself, all of creation, the things that we know about and the things we have no idea of. That's why it says the things that are visible and the things that are invisible because there is an invisible world out there filled with... And we'll get into that in another uh, message, but visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominion or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Everything was made because of him. Everything is made for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things consist. And he is the head of the body the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. Now, about that verse where it says, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. All, in him all things exist. He is the fabric that holds the existence of the universe in place. You know, the scripture says in the book of Job, there's one of my favorite verses it says that the Lord God could withdraw his breath from the world and it would cease to exist. Jesus himself being the breath of God, being the expression of God. Without him, there is nothing. It's not that you can live without him. You can't live without him. You may think you can live without him. You may go through your life believing you don't need him. But the very fabric of our existence, the very fabric of reality, of creation, of everything rests upon him. For without him, none of it exists. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it says, for it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. By him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven having made peace through the blood of his cross. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. You know, it says, there's, um, and I believe we talked about this many times before, there's always the eternal argument about, well, who killed Jesus on the cross? Who's, who was it? Was it the Jews? Was it the Gentiles? Was it the Romans? I mean, what is the reason? Who is responsible for Jesus dying on the cross? And the truth is, it was him. It was the Father. Because in him was the hope of the nations. Through his, the shedding of his blood was the reconciliation of the entire world and all those who would call upon his name. The Bible says in Ephesians that the Father laid his wrath down upon him for us. So we're going to get back into some worship for just a few minutes. Um, this is Prayer International Radio. If you need prayer, you can give us a call. 
let me get the number because I just lost it, um, 619-638-8458, or you can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com, and we'll be back in just a minute.
Um, it seems like a fairy tale. Um, it seems something they can't understand. But the truth is, there's a lot of things in the world and in the universe that you can't understand. It's literally impossible to figure everything out, to under, understand every little thing. And, you know, the Bible says things when part of faith, and even beyond faith, part of trusting the Father is to be able to take him at his word, regardless of what the circumstance says, regardless of what the situation says, regardless of what you actually feel on the inside. Healing is one of those things. Over and over again, throughout the scriptures, we see where the Bible talks about people getting healed, believing on the believing the Father and being healed. From back in the Old Testament with Elijah, all the way through the New Testament with the Lord Jesus Christ, through the disciples later on. And you know, people ask why we don't get people don't get healed all the time these days. And I would counteract that and say they do. But it's definitely not something that's going to be on the media. It's not going to be something that's going to hit the newspapers. But if you travel to countries like Africa and China and places like that where people are desperate for the Father, you give them the Word of God and they'll believe it because it came from God. And they'll take the Word of God and they'll hold fast to it and they'll act upon it and miracles will happen miracles that you don't see every day in places like the United States or Europe or Russia because people have become so callous to the word of God that they just don't believe him anymore and I hate to say that about the United States but it's true but the Bible declares that by his stripes we are healed Jesus said whatever you ask in my name I will do it that simple. He said, "Whatever you, whatever you ask, pray, believe it in your heart, and you'll get it." It's pretty simple. The Father loves to give good gifts to His children. The Father loves to bless His children, and healing is a right of Christians who are bought by the blood of the Lord. And I would say that that healing applies not only to Christians but people who aren't believers yet either, because if you go through the scriptures quite many, quite a number of people who Jesus touched, from lepers to people who were blind, they didn't have to have a prerequisite about whether or not they believed all the tenets and all the doctrines and that they had the perfect faith and if they believed this and that. All that mattered is they came to Jesus. He would say, what do you want? They would say, I need to be healed. And he was moved with compassion, and we know he doesn't change. And people receive their healing. We're going to pray for Katie, and we're going to believe that not me or you or anybody else is going to heal her, but that he will, because it's what his word declares. So, Father... Lord, we humble ourselves before you. Overwhelmingly knowing that you're God and we're not. Knowing that we are bought with a price through your blood. 
Father and knowing that you're not a God who could lie. And so, Father, right now, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord, we're asking and declaring your word to be true over Katie, wherever she is right now, Lord, that you would touch her body, not just her leg, but every muscle, every bone. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, that she would be completely and totally healed. Father, we thank you for your blood. Jesus, thank you for your blood, Holy Spirit. Touch her leg right now. Touch her spine right now. Completely restored in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. You know, healing's that simple. It's believing that he can do what he said he can do. The scripture says that I am convinced that he who began a good work will continue into the day of Christ. You know, one of the stories I've told before, and since we're on the subject of healing, I'll bring it up again. You know, I've never, with my eyes, I've never physically Except for once, I, I'll take that back. I was going to say, I've never actually physically seen someone get healed, but I'm going to change that and say I have one time. And that was uh, something that would seem really simple to most people, was that I have a daughter, and when she was really young, she had this 100-and-something degree fever, and me and her mom were freaking out. And So the next thing you know, we... Um, we're debating rushing her to the hospital, and the first thing that came across my mind was that, you know, God heals people. And so we prayed for her, and immediately, within like a second, her fever was gone. Sort of weird at first, because it wasn't like the supernatural where there's lightning and explosions. It was one second she had a hundred and like four degree fever or whatever it was, and the next minute she had none. Um, but I've always believed that the Lord would do exactly what he said he would do. Because I know what the Bible says about him. That he's a healer. That he's a provider. That he's a savior. And when it comes to finances, I freak out just like everybody else. But in the end, I know there's so many things that are outside of my hands so many things I have no control over whatsoever when it comes to this life and this world. And anything beyond what I can do just goes to him. Because I know if I can't, that's where he gets to step in and he gets to make up the rest. And so I was um, hold on one second. I was at home one night, and um, I have a brother who called me and just wanted to catch up, and he reminded, or he let me know that um, one of his friends, that acquaintance that I knew, who um, was a young man, only like maybe 
24, 25, had had an accident or something, and all of a sudden his kidneys shut down. And it wasn't the gradual drawn out, you're told, you have eight months to live or nine months to live or whatever, and you need a transplant. It was kidney just shut down. And you're on dialysis right now, and it was even worse because they didn't expect him to make it through the night. And so they started calling all his friends and saying, hey, uh, this guy is in the hospital at this place, and the doctors don't think he's going to make it through the night. So everybody was rushing out there to um, say their goodbyes. Now, I wasn't on a super close basis with this guy. We weren't best of friends. We were just acquaintances that I knew through my brother. And I heard it, and I'm like, that's horrible. And then I had, me and my brother hung up the phone, and all of a sudden this thought went through my head that you should go pray for him. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, that's stupid. I'm not going to go pray for him. I mean, I don't like all those people. I don't want to be up there with all those people. I don't. It's a, all, all these things start going through my head, and then I just kept thinking over and over again, he's a God who heals. He's a God who heals. And if you don't go, what's the difference? Well, number one, there's no way he's going to get healed um, because most of his friends weren't believers. And I don't even know that he was a believer or a Christian, but I kept remembering the scripture, and I kept having this urging. And so I kept debating with myself, walking throughout my apartment, having this debate in my heart, do I want to go out there? No, I don't. Do I want to? No, I don't. Finally, I was like, okay, I'm going. And so I get in the car, and I drive out there, convinced that the Lord's going to heal this guy. And... I get out to the hospital, and we have to wait for them to start allowing people, visitors, to come see him. And I walked in there with two of his friends, and, you know, he's pretty much in a coma. He's out of it, and and um, all these machines hooked up to him. And his two, two of his friends who were in the room were just walking through his hospital room and looking at all his cards and everything else, and I just walked up to his bed. And if you want to know how to heal someone, this is pretty much a blueprint for what you do. Nothing exact or it's not an exact formula, but I just took one hand and I just put it on the only place where it didn't have like tubes coming out of it, just a place on his arm. And I just demanded, commanded, prayed, and believed exactly what the scripture said. I probably went through like eight or nine or ten scriptures about healing and about where he would heal. And then the guy shook for a second, and I freaked out. And I'm like, oh, no, what did I do? And then everything was, and then he was back to normal. And I'm like, okay. I there was He was still in the same state. And I'm like, okay, God, I did what I was supposed to. I prayed, your job. And I left. And this guy who was, the doctor said wouldn't make it through the night, was out of the hospital a couple days later. 
and I'm and I say all that to say not that I am I have any special anointing, any special ability, any special anything. Me and Chris would both tell you the same thing. We're very, very normal um people. We have families, we have jobs and everything else. Um we have good days, we have bad days and you know, sometimes our relationships with God are perfect and then more often than not, they're like any other relationship you have, because a relationship God with God is not much different than a relationship with a friend or with a spouse. It's something that takes work. It's something you really have to be committed to and dedicated to to spend time with the person. <clears throat> but I think, <clears throat> excuse me, when it comes to the kingdom of God and the move of the kingdom, you know, Jesus said that. The kingdom of God is here. Not that it's there or over there, not that it's coming, but that it was here. Now, present time, because he's a God of the present, not a God of the past, and not a God of the future. The people who see the miracles, the people who see God move the most, sometimes are just the people that are willing to show up. This is the people that are willing to say yes, even though they don't have any clue what's going on or what's going to happen. They just trust him and take a step. And they don't know what's going to happen on the other end of their obedience, but they know who he is, and that's enough. You know, the scripture says that Abraham, way back in the Old Testament, God showed up to him and gave him a promise, and he said, if you go, I need you to go do this and go to this place where you've never been before, and and I need you to leave everything you know and just follow me. And, you know, Abraham had a choice. He could have said, that's crazy, that's not the voice of God, um, I'm comfortable here, you know, well, I have this nice job with these sheep or whatever, and I have a family, and it's going to be too complicated or you know what, I'm really not feeling this like whole spiritual vibe today. I'm not um, feeling it. And he could have made five million excuses for not listening to the voice of God. But the Bible says he believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. You know, our righteousness never comes from our own works, how good we are. Our righteousness never comes from how well we keep the commandments, how well we do anything. It always comes from grace, through the blood of Jesus. And knowing that, the next step is to believe, if you can believe him for your salvation, how can you not believe him? when he said to lay hands on the sick and they will recover? How can you not believe him when he said preach the gospel to all nations? And when he said that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Obedience sometimes isn't that hard when you think about the scope of eternity. When you think that, you know, Jesus said the fields are ready for harvest, and what he meant was is that there's not many places you can go in the world and not find someone who needs him. There's not many places you can go in the world 
and not find someone who's never heard the gospel. And there's not many places you can go where you won't find people who aren't looking for him. So um, we only have a few minutes left, so we're going to get back into some worship. If you need prayer, email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com, and we'll be back in just a little bit. Mommy, I hear the baby cry. Help me, all the words she's in pain. Where have I been? Well, my world has been dying. Lord, teach me how to pray. Not my will, all my plans, all the way that I walk. I'm so
Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the show. We are pretty much out of time. Um, so if you need prayer, as always, email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. We'll be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. And um, so, Father, please, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord, for everybody who's listening, Father, I pray according to your word that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Father, that the eyes of their understanding would be flooded with light, that they would know what is the hope of your calling. Father, what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe, according to the working of your mighty power, which your word says you worked in Christ Jesus when you raised him from the dead. Father, that you would strengthen us with might through your spirit in our inward man, Father. Lord, that we would be rooted and grounded. Father, that we would know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Father, that you would burn your desires into our heart, Lord, that you would take out the stony heart, Father, and give us a heart of flesh. Lord, that you would give us a heart that desires to serve you. Father, that you would give us a hunger and a thirst for your presence, Lord. Give us a hunger and thirst for your word dwelling in us. Father, that you would open up our eyes so we can see the world as you see it, Lord. Open up our ears to hear your voice. Father, we yield our lives to you, Lord, not just tonight, but every minute and every second, Father. Lord, that just as your word declares that we are being transformed, Father, that we would put down the old man that is corrupt, Lord, and the newness of life which you have given us, Lord, for your word declares that if anyone is in Christ Jesus, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Lord, that we are your creations, Father. Father, for anybody who's listening tonight who needs healing anywhere in their body, Father, their nose, their throat, their ears, any organ, heart issues, stomach issues, Father, leg issues, joint issues, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we speak your blood over the, them, Father. Lord, we speak complete and total healing, Lord Jesus, according to your word. Father, we give you glory and honor and praise. Right here.